Welcome to Clit Talk. The Pleasure Positive Podcast. We're like the sex ed you wish you got. And then some. Pussy, pussy. It's gonna be a good one today. Yes. I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow. Bring your pussies to the show. What is up, clitorati? So today we're talking about ageism. And what we realize is that the experience of ageism starts when you're too little to ride the roller coaster, to your teenage years when you're lying about your age to buy beer or get into the club. Finally, you're 21 and you're legal to do almost everything. But now you're in the workforce where people question your judgment because they don't think you know shit. So you put on a bunch of makeup or grow a beard to make yourself look older. Then you finally hit your 30s and you get a little bit of respect in the business world, but there's this idea that you're headed over the hill, whatever the fuck that means. And then it just goes from there. So at least we can, as we can attest here on Clit Talk, there's nowhere worse in the universe for ageism than Los Angeles, where you start with fake IDs and end with Botox, fillers, and facelifts. What a comedy of errors, right? So, well, today... We have a badass woman who has broken the mold. She has taken Hollywood ageism by the balls, squeezed, and said, enough. (laughs) She's graced the stage as a comedian for 40 years and made countless television appearances from MTV to Oprah. She's a writer, director, mother, and co-creator of the new comedy special on Showtime, Funny Women of a Certain Age. Please welcome the fabulous Carol Montgomery. It was awesome. Thank you so much. I can leave now, right? Are we done? We're done. You're done. No way. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. So, so, Carol, first of all, we have to say, honestly, a huge fucking congratulations. Thank you. you. have literally officially made history by having six women over 50 on one television show. Could you please tell our listeners a little bit about funny age, or sorry, funny women of a certain well, you know, um, when I t- I'm 61, and when I turned 50, I saw the writing on the wall as far as my career, because in show business, you know, in 60, that's you're pretty much dead. And um, I just, uh, I-, I wanted, I-, I-, I was so offended by the fact that I, I had been gone from um, New York City for about 20 years, and I came back, and there was still only one woman on a show. And I couldn't understand how that was, uh, how is that still happening, you know? This was 10 years ago. And so I just decided I want, I, I, I have, I knew so many women over 50 that are working on the road or cruise ships or colleges and nobody knows them. And I went, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to make a show about them. And that's what I did. And we started out, we have a, a residency in New York City at a place called the Crane Theater on the Lower East Side. And um, from that, you know, we got, we, people started getting interested in it. Everyone was like, how come this has never been done? And it was just, it was, it, it, it was the only time in my life that, besides my son, of course, that everything came into place. Do you know what I mean? Like everything just dropped into place immediately. And, you know, within a year, we had networks coming to see the show. And then we did the deal with Showtime because they were the ones brave enough to actually put us on the air. Wow. wow. That's amazing. 
Yeah, it's it's it's. I keep I keep thinking, like it, it's still a dream to me because I cannot believe that this really happened. Because, like I said, we there's never been you know like you said never been six women over fifty on one TV special and all talking about our age too. Yeah, and I literally have goosebumps just hearing you talk about it. And what's there for me is like this is actually fucking progress, and this is the way it should be. Oh, of course. You know, I mean, but but you know what? So what what blows me away about about because age like I, I like I've I've said this on stage. If I had to choose between ageism or sexism, I would take a pat on the ass because that meant somebody noticed me. When you turn fifty, it's you're done. You're done. It's like literally. It's like literally like the, the Harry Potter invisibility cloak. That's what it's like. You have this cloak on forever. And it's like, wait a minute, I just, I just turned 50. I didn't die, but it's, it's really, ageism sucks. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, totally. So I wanted to ask, like, it's so hard to get a show made, but it seems like it was so easy. It sounds like everyone was just really ready for this conversation. <gasps> Well, it's, what's so funny is, is that I joke about it. But yeah, it was simple. It only took 40 years. And, uh, you know, everything did come into play. Everything fell into place really easy, which is so hard in this business, as you know. I mean, show business is not like that. But um, like I said, Showtime really took a chance with us. But they, they got in this day and age with everything that's happening in the world with women, they totally got that this might be a good idea to put on. And from what I've heard, we don't have the exact ratings, but it was a big hit. It was the the, the network is very pleased. Yeah, I mean, I think we're definitely on the front lines of having these conversations, like you're definitely on the front lines of having these conversations be like the norm. No, I just, like, you know, because of the election and stuff and all the women that are running and, and, and they're all older women, you know, I'm, I can't wait to when it, if it hopefully will be Elizabeth Warren, but you know, they're going to go after her because she's an older woman. And it's like, wait a second, you have a, 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 first of all, you have a senile 73 year old person in the White House right now. You're going to give her shit for being older. I mean, come on. It's totally true. So in comedy, you're finding funny in the pain, right? And your mission is clearly to put a fresh spin on what it is to be 50 and still recognized as like a hot sexual being, right? And then, so was there a time in in your life when you found that age stopped you in your entertainment career at all? Well, actually it did. About I want to say probably about five years ago, I wasn't getting as much road work. I, I do a lot of stuff. I, besides being a comedian, I write, I'm a director, I develop solo shows because I, and I teach stand up because I saw, I saw that there were, you know, I used to be on the road all the time. I mean, literally three weeks every month. I took my baby with me. I mean, I was a road dog and then it just stopped. It literally just stopped. I was in Vegas for 10 years. I was making a great living out there. And then when I came back, I was like, wait a minute. There was literally no road work left. So I had to find a way to do other things. So for a minute, and really, I, it was a minute in my career, I worked on the other side. I worked in a management office and an agency office, handling mostly country music acts. And then I realized, if I'm going to work this fucking hard, I should do this for myself. So then I came back into this, back into doing stand-up. And probably like a year or two later is when I came up with the idea for Funny Women of a Certain Age. You know, I, I have a question about your act, because what, why is it that as a comedian, you become obsolete after 50 when 
you know, your brand was not based on your sexuality. You weren't, you know, doing your, your act wasn't about being, you know, a hot little young, sexy thing. So why, why all of a sudden, why should that make any difference? And why aren't you more relatable as you get older? Why isn't that? I will, I, um, I, it's a great question, but but honestly, it's 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 what the TV. You know, this go. This isn't just for stand up. This is the business in general. I mean, if you look at movies or music or film, the only place that ageism doesn't really exist is on Broadway because Broadway, they you know, everyone is can do whatever they want. They can be whatever sexuality. They can be whatever race. It's a different time. Broadway's like a little special little place, but everywhere else, they, 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 they're like, well, you, you know, you have to be, you know, you have to be 12 years old, basically. And is this, is this exclusive to women or do men struggle with I don't, the same? I don't think men struggle as much because if you look at like, if you look at the the men that are the big comedians right now, the ones that are making all the money, they're all in their 50s and 60s. Mo- There's not one woman um, who is a successful big comic right now that is past... I-, I-, I can't imagine there's anyone over 40. Maybe Kathy Griffin. Kathy might be. I think Kathy's in her 50s. But everybody else, it's Amy Schumer, it's Ali Wong. These are, They're great comics, but they're in their 30s. So, so for me, as somebody, like I said, I was such a road dog and I was out all the time. All of a sudden it was like, wait a minute. What do you mean I can't? You know, when I do my, when I do, like when we did the special, we did it at the Bell House in Brooklyn, which is a very hipster, young place. It was mostly, I would say 50 50. It was older people and then, uh, everyone else were millennials. I mean, the, the actual act, what we talk about is very relatable, but when you have an industry that worships youth, there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to keep fighting. Do you think because of what you're doing and because of the conversation, shifting people like Amy Schumer and Ali Wong will have longer careers? That's really up to them. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, you know, Ali Wong to me is hysterical, but how many times is she going to be pregnant? Do you know what I mean? Like both of her right. specials. Yeah, <laughs> but do you know what I'm saying? Like both of her specials were, I, I mean, I would like to see what she, like she's breaking out now into film and she, I know she's just done a couple of films. So I think, you know, she's, she's being smart and it really depends on what Amy wants to do. Amy is, is uh, also very, very smart and she's parlayed her stand up into film. So, so they both have a chance to be, you know, as long as they want to, it's really up to them. So you've referred to yourself as a road dog for most of your career. And I I read this thing where you've been married for over 30 years. You have a 27 year old son where you were vice president of his his PTA while coaching his little league team. And yay, kudos to you. I mean, (laughs) I was just blown away. So I'm a mom or about to be a mom who works in entertainment. (laughs) By the time this airs, I will be a mom. She will be a mom. So, um, and I'm just starting to pitch shows that I've written and I know what it's like to be on set for 16 hours a day. So I'm really curious on how did you navigate being super mom and a successful entertainer? I, okay. So something that you, you should know about me is that I just, 
I, I, I don't look at obstacles as obstacles for lack of a better. I mean, I just, I, when I, okay, when I decided to get pregnant, my husband and I, we made an effort. We said, okay, we're going to do it now. I had just done every TV show, like all those evening at the improvs and all those bullshit shows. I had done them all. So they weren't going to put me back on for another year. So I said to my husband, this is the time. Let's get pregnant now. And I didn't even blink an eye. I got, and my manager, I remember her saying, you know, this is going to ruin your career. I went, I want to have a kid now and I'm going to do what I, and like literally three months later, I was on Showtime. And so, um, uh, because my first, my first TV, my big successful TV show was on when I did Showtime Comedy Club All Stars all the way back 27 years ago. So I just, I didn't, I didn't know I was doing anything different. I just took my kid with me. I literally, wherever I was, I went to auditions with him. I went to a bar, I went to bar show. The funniest thing was I, he was like six months old. And we, I'm walking, I walk into a bar show with my son in my, in his baby thing. And, and the bouncer goes, you can't bring the baby in here. Not because he's a baby, because he's a minor. And I went, <laughs> and I was like, what do you think he's going to go up to the bar and ask for a kid on the rocks? What's wrong with you? He's a fucking baby. <laughs> That's my favorite drink. Yeah, exactly. So I just, I never thought I was doing anything. I was just like, well, I'm a mother. I'm taking my kid with me. So in your case, you'll just, you, the, 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 and also now my son's 27. Nowadays, you can bring a baby, baby anywhere. They're not going to, what are they going to say? They were going to say you can't. And they know that they can't. Look, the baby's moving, right? I can see you touching your belly. I know. No, he just kicked me. <laughs> see, the baby's going. Here's the like, conversation. I'm coming with you. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, cool. That's awesome. And I really, I really just acknowledge you for what I, what I hear is like, you're just, you didn't fucking ask for permission. You just did what you needed to do as a mom and what you knew was right. And I think that that is so important for women to take that stand today. And you've done that same thing with the comedy series that you created. You didn't fucking ask permission. I think women need to stop fucking asking for permission and just do what they know in their hearts and what they know is right. Well, I think women in general, I mean, I, I, I've never been that type of woman to ask permission. Like I remember years ago, um, somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't get that vibe from you. I was yeah. going to say you didn't. <laughs> I remember years ago, I was I was at something um, with my husband, and somebody said to my husband, "Oh, so you let her do this?" And I just started laughing. I'm like, "Are you? Did you just? What did you just fucking ask my husband he, to to let me do this? Go fuck yourself." I mean, I you know we we have. <laughs> I, it's not my. That's not me. I would never have married somebody that would have been like, you know, honey, I need to know where you're going to be. Fuck these people. Yeah. <laughs> fuck those people. Basically, and I, what I just said to my ex-boyfriend, I said, fuck you, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> and I also love that you, three months later, you're on Showtime again. Like, no time had even passed. Well, it was, like, yeah, it was so bizarre. Like, I, I, I had had the baby. I was, you know, I, I mean, I was, I did, I did evening at the improv pregnant. Um, so, and then the doctor said, that's it. You can't do, you know, like I had to, you know, when at eight months and I was ginormous, um, the doctor said, you can't fly anymore. I I mean, I literally worked up into my eight months and, um, and then I took two months off and then my manager called me and said, we got you the showtime thing. So I, I pumped some milk and I left him with my, my husband and I went off to Reno and shot the showtime thing. 
Well, I have been backing up my rapper girlfriend in a red onesie pregnant <laughs> my whole sure. pregnancy. It's really and they wow. just told me Sugar was there at my last show. <laughs> it was beautiful. She really was. <laughs> and afterwards, they were like, so you'll be eight months next time we're doing a show, so we can't have you dancing unless we have a doctor here. But like, it's right. <laughs> like, you down, you? bitch? <laughs> Did they ask you if you were down? No, they were they were like, we don't really want to have a doctor here. It, I wasn't planning on it anyways. It was gonna be my last show. But it <laughs> right. was it was fun. I've been performing. I shot my pilot when I was four months pregnant. Right. There's nothing there's nothing wrong with being pregnant. It's part of being who a woman. So you know and when I did the I, I and I didn't do it and I, I, I kicked myself that I didn't do it because when I, I was I was eight months pregnant when I did evening at the improv and I wanted to bring a glass of water up and after my set I wanted to drop it behind me like, Oh oops, my water <laughs> broke. I have to leave it. <laughs> But the owner of the improv was so freaked out that he let a pregnant woman on. Like when he went to hug me, he didn't really touch me. He kind of like held on to me, but didn't want to touch any part of my body. He was so fucking freaked out. Oh my like God. you're breakable. Amazing. <laughs> well, it's been crazy. You know, Katie, we called her when we first started this project. We we came up with uh, what to call each other because we started getting into a podcast together. We're seven alpha bitches. You know, what are we doing in the first place? We had to get organized. Okay. Naturally, Katie was the natural leader. So we called her the mother. Literally, we have a document of all of our roles. Hers says the mother. And lo and behold, it was like a couple months, a few, I don't know, not much time passed. And she's now pregnant. And so, you know, I just told you, I think right before we started recording, we're in the studio and I was like, you got to stop doing this so good. Because like when we're pregnant, like we're not going to get away with all the complaints that we want to get away with. Like you're making this look too good. Because when we're pregnant and we're schwitzing in the studio when the air conditioning is on, we're going to be complaining. And you're going to be there like, um, well, I'm going to be pregnant and asking for a glass of rosé. That's what a good mom I'm going to (laughs) be. No. Uh, <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I, I'm I'm kind of curious to ask you, Carol, because you have such such an unabashed, beautiful, all unapologetic way of having a badass career and being a badass mom. And I think a lot of our listeners struggle with how the fuck do you do that? So if there was like to speak to our listeners, if you were gonna give mm-hmm. I guess any words of wisdom or one piece of advice of like how do you balance both? Because that's the expectation of women and also the desire of so many women out there. Like, what would you say to them? Well, first of all, two things. First of all, if you don't want, you know, if you don't want to be a mom, don't be a mom. You know, that's another thing that society puts on everybody. Don't, you know, you have to be a mom. Like I, my sister had two kids pretty, pretty much. She had them before me because, you know, that was what she, you know, she lives in the suburbs and the house and the blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, I'm going to have the kid when I want to have the kid. And then I'm going to raise him the way I want to raise him. Uh, so many women are like going back to the whole thing about asking permission and stuff like that. So many women still feel like, well, I, I, I can't just do this. I, I might get in trouble. Or how many times do you know women that apologize for everything? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's like, no, that's not, you don't have to do that. You know, just go out and just do it. I know that sounds like very cliche, but it really is. It's just a matter of, I wanted a kid. 
uh, I wanted my career, so I just went and did it with him. And the other thing about parenting in general, and this is the honest to God truth, the most important thing about being a parent is make sure you love your fucking kid. My son... Like, you know, I did some, you know, I, I think as a as a mom, I was very hovering. I was very overbearing Jewish mom. That's a shock. And um, <laughs> no. in the end, like, like we, there's a love between me and my son now, even now as he, and he's a grown man that I am just, I know that I loved him and I know he knows he, he was loved by me and my husband. So to me, that's really it in, in a nutshell. Love your kid and make, you know, just make sure and make sure they're, they're, may, don't worry so much about, like, I remember when, when I was a struggling comic and I was having him, I was like, oh, he's not going to have all the good stuff that all the other kids have. You know what? He didn't give a shit. He didn't give a shit. Give him a, give him a cardboard box. They're happy. Sorry. Well, you know, Carol, I'm a mom of two young kids, seven and nine, and I have my own business and I'm single. And so, you know, what I'm constantly battling with is just that, that maternal guilt both the maternal guilt and the professional guilt. Because I feel like when I'm fully showing up for my kids, I, you know, my business is suffering. And when I'm fully showing up for my business, my kids are not getting all of me. And, you know, and you had to have been dealing with that. My God, as a road dog with, with a child, how, like, how do you, and I fully get, love the shit out of your kids, like in such a way that they feel it at their core. Like it's never, it's unwavering. And I feel that, but still there are only 24 hours a day in a day. You're one human being. So like, how did you, can you speak to like finding that balance or did you have any balance? Did you not sleep? Sure. But, but can I tell you something? You're, you're, yeah, you yeah. said seven or nine, right? Okay. So right now, all you're worried about is that he's not, they're not going to remember that I, they're going to, they're going to hold it against me that I didn't do this or I didn't do that. When, when all the stuff I was talking about with the toys and buying him the right things, when we, when we moved back to New York, we went back, we left our house, somebody was watching our house in Vegas and all those toys and everything that I had put into Tupperware, you know, big, when we came back to look at the stuff when we were selling the house, I literally brought this, this, these, these, Big, huge Tupperware bins. And I said, Lane, what, do you want any of this? He goes, nah, nah. But do you see what I'm saying? So like, you're, you're thinking they're going to remember everything. They're not. They're going to remember that mommy loved them. And then, you know what I mean? They're not, they, that's what they're going to remember. That mommy loved them. They're not going to remember every single, trust me. I can tell you that because I say, I say shit to my son now. He goes, what are you talking about? I don't remember that. He doesn't. He's, you know, at, at, he's 27. He doesn't remember anything when he was eight. You, but you will, you will remember it because you think, oh my God, I didn't do that. So now they're going to remember that and they're going to be, don't worry that much about it and just just love your kids i know it sounds cliche but that's really it hey there clitorati it's katie so you all know i'm a nurse and clit talk for me is a health conversation i really want to take a minute to share a product with you that has made a huge difference in my life Foria Wellness Awaken CBD Lubricant. Remember that. I use it multiple times per week, and this is coming from the woman who never used to masturbate. Not only has it enhanced my new masturbation lifestyle, it's eased the pain I used to have during sex, and my husband is super happy because our bedroom play is so much more fun. So, I personally reached out to Foria Wellness to see if they would partner with Clit Talk, and they were an overwhelming yes. So now, you can get a discount on their fabulous products by going to our brand new pleasure store at clittalkshow.com. All their products are there, and if you're interested in trying them out for yourself, use the discount code CLITTALK10 for 10% off your purchase. I can't recommend them enough, so do yourself a favor and get your pussy high. 
So speak. So speaking of talking to your kids, I know that you, <laughs> when you started out in comedy, a lot of people told you, "Don't talk about sex in your stand-up act," and but you did it anyways, and it was such a different time. Can you paint a picture for our listeners who was telling you not to talk about sex and what the hell was their justification for it? And I I put that in because I know you were like, I talk to my son about sex all the time. (laughs) And he's like, mom, stop it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, he now, now he actually talks to me about stuff and I'm like, okay, great. I, I, cause I know I set him up to do that. So I can't not have him want to talk to me about it. So but it is a little odd that he's a grown man now. But anyway, um, uh, back in the day, first of all, there weren't a lot of female comics. Like there's, there's, first of all, there's tens of thousands of comedians now in, in the business. Back then, if there were 20 female comics, that was a lot. And women were not supposed to talk about that. Women were not supposed to talk about sex. They were, you know, like that was for the boys. Don't talk about. It. In fact, I did for, for about six months, I did a, an X-rated comedy team with a friend of mine who uh, who was we were both dirty comics and we went and did uh, a really dirty act together and we ended up getting a gig where we were getting paid and we went to, and I was pregnant at the time and we went and did the gig and Bobby goes to get our money and when he came out he said the owner was very upset with me he said he never wanted me to be in the in that club again because I was talking about sex while I was pregnant and i said how the fuck do you think i got pregnant i mean <laughs> i mean like what exactly. Yeah. exactly so that's what the difference of the time is now with that we're talking about 28 years ago that now women comics do it, it, they're much more able to talk about it but back then men did not want to hear women talking about sex wow that is, so, it's like all of a sudden, just because you're pregnant, you're this virginal creature. Like, no, we fucked in order to get that way. <laughs> and I liked it, bitch. <laughs> yeah. And my hormones yeah. are going crazy and I'm hornier than I've ever been in my entire life. <laughs> all <laughs> I want to do is fuck everyone I see. But <laughs> please just come in my asshole. Isn't that a scene from Harry Met Sally where uh, <laughs> Billy Crystal says, yeah, I want to hang out in the maternity ward because you know those women put out. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. But it's true. I mean, that's that's what people don't understand is that you, nothing changed in my life except that I was building a baby. You know, instead of build a bear, I was building a baby. You know, so and but so I went and did everything else I did and talked away, and people were just like, "Stop doing that." That's you know, and I was like, uh, "This, how do you think I got pregnant?" Did you think maybe somebody from heaven came down? Well, and the then there's Virgin the whole Mary. phenomenon that Katie knows about where you get incredibly horny when you're pregnant. I experienced that. Not all women do, but it's ironic because we're not seen that way at all. No, you're seen as un- totally unsexual when you're pregnant. No. I'm gonna s- not true. I've seen some pregnancy porn. Someone's into it out there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, There's thing. some freaky oh, things out there. And apparently it's you, Lindsay. <laughs> oh, that's it's hysterical. Me. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. I love it. pregnant women. No, I just know it exists. I'm not Aww. into it. I'm not watching it. So, <laughs> well, you know what? Getting Just getting off on that subject for a second when you were talking about pregnancy porn. So I did a... Um, 
I did a, uh, a, a TV show on Amazon called Dinner with Danny. And Danny, it's Danny Daniels, who's a porn star. And we were sitting there. It's, it was, they always have a comic and then they have porn stars and other people working in their, their community. And when I talked to one of the porn stars, I said to her, I said, so when is, like, when do you guys retire? Like, do you have it? And she said to me, oh, honey, Carol, you could be a porn star now. There's a kink for everybody. Yeah, it's true. It's totally true. I'm like, all right. All right, <laughs> It doesn't work out. I can be I can be a porn star at sixty one. I love how you uh, you said like there's a kink for everybody, but it was still like a question. <laughs> like, are you sure about that? Yeah, like really, somebody really wants a middle aged, dry, old Jewish woman. Okay. <laughs> hey, somebody does. Your husband I'm- obviously does. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, literally, one of the most famous comedians of all time is Lucille Ball, who we love. She famously said, the secret of staying young is to live honestly, eat slowly, and to lie about your age, okay? So we've seen the strategy of many successful women over 50 in entertainment these days is to do whatever they must do to look decades younger than they actually are and to never, ever talk about their age. So you're not playing that game at all, which we fucking love. And as silly as it may sound, to people who live life off screen, it takes a certain internal strength in this day and age, at your age, to just be your natural self. And it's almost goddamn heroic in fucking Los Angeles. <laughs> like literally, I'll admit it, I do Botox. So what does it take personally for you to be able to say, fuck it and be the real you? Well, it, it's so funny that you mentioned... Uh this, you know, LA and everything. So when I was out promoting the special and I would talk about my age, I would literally have women come up to me going, you're so brave. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm not a cop or a fireman. I'm a fucking comedian. Okay. (laughs) I, look, I have, I've, because I worked in, um, when I worked in Vegas and I worked, I worked in the burlesque show. So I, I've seen plastic surgery of all types. I've seen women that, have, you know, have had the boob jobs. I've seen women. The, the thing that I, I could never do, like I could never do a facelift because people don't realize that when you're talking about a face, they cut your fucking face off basically <laughs> and pull it back yeah. together. That's it in a nutshell, okay? So, and and have you seen some of the women? I mean, some of their face. I, I just, the you, if I could, the only thing is, is I have like I have like uh, spider veins in my knees from years of crossing my legs. I would that would be the only thing I would do, and nobody sees my knees anyway because I haven't worn a fucking skirt in thirty years. But for me, that's what I would do. But I don't. I, 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 I look. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to lie. When I look in the mirror, I look in the mirror and I go, "Who is that old woman in the mirror?" But I've come to in the last few years, especially, I've come to accept myself at this age, and this is what I look like. This is. I say that on stage. I go, "This is what a 60 year old woman looks like." You know, and this is it. Everything about me, my my scars, my, you know, my wrinkles. I mean, I was very lucky because, uh, you know, um, I have great skin. So, and so, so I was lucky. That I don't look really old in that sense. But I'm 61. I'm not going to lie about. What am I going to say? What am I going to say? Oh, I'm not 61. I'm 57. I mean, what the fuck? That's still not doing. <laughs> oh my god! I was just like sitting on the. My mom and I had a beach day two Sundays ago, and my mom's got. Uh, if you're listening to this, mom, yeah, I fucking talk about you on Clit Talk. Get with it. 
she's telling me about this amazing sexcapade she has where the guy, she was in New York. No, she's in New York with Fran working about to have their second biggest annual event of the year. And yeah, she had her French Canadian that she recently met fucking fly down to New York and dazzle her because my mom's a badass, right? I was like, that's so cool. I'm rooting her on, cheering her on. We have our our beach day two Saturdays ago where she's debriefing me more details than I wanted, telling me about New York and all about the French Canadian. She's like, but here's the thing. He doesn't know my real age. I was like, what do you mean? You told him. She's like, well, he was like, oh, you're so, you look so young for your age. I'm like, how old you tell me you were? She's like, I said I was 56. And I was like, you're literally 50 fucking eight. Like, he, he said that you look so good for your age. Like, wouldn't it be to your advantage to say you're 58 then? So then he's like, holy fuck, you look really good for your age. Like, I don't get it. Like, when are you going to tell him? It's two fucking years. And I was like, mom, you got to stop doing this because I'm going to forget when your actual 60th birthday is. And God knows what will happen. The world will end if that ever happens because she's a whole thing about her birthdays. So the whole thing's hilarious to me. But she's going to come out and tell them the truth. Well, you know what? The, if you want, if you want people to say that you look good for your age, I would tell people you're eighty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. a good place to start. Amazing, God, you're look looking what great shape you're in. But yeah, I mean, a, a couple of years isn't going to shave anything off of it. I think. I want to. I want to ask you a personal question. A totally selfish personal question. How old were you when you had your son? How old was I? I was, okay, hold on. I was, he was born in 92. I think I was 33. Okay. All right. I just, I just, I'm, I'm asking, I'm asking women because I'm 33 right now. I just got out of a relationship because my boyfriend changed his mind about kids after three years. So I'm like, okay, oh, there's, still, there's still hope for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, no. Hey, listen, I, and, and back now, okay. Cause it, it, it's so funny because he is, he's 27. So back then, if you were in your thirties, you had to take uh, the amniocentesis with that stupid fucking needle in your, and I wasn't going to do that because I, even though I'm pro-choice, I said, Look, if God forbid something's wrong with my kid, I'm having him. That you know, this is this was my thing. So I ended up doing a blood test where had the had it come back like high, they would have then done amnio on me. So so but that was almost thirty years ago. There were so like you could have you could have a kid at forty now and it would not be as bad as it was. But back in the because back okay. Back in the day, they wanted women barefoot and pregnant in their 20s. So now you have all these women in their 30s and their 40s that want to have kids. And they, they're they they're just trying to scare you to go, oh, you couldn't have it now. Oh, yeah, I could. Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah. And Lindsay, you know, I had my kids at 41 and 43, you know. And it, exactly. It's just, it's a different age. And you don't look like <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Well, and I'm 25 and, like, I don't want to have fucking kids at all. And I'm married and I get this question, like, all the time. And especially when I see people from like, you know, high school parents like, oh, you got married. Like it was yesterday. Listen, it was two fucking years ago. Where the fuck were you then? Okay. Second of all, now you're asking me if I'm having babies. The answer is uh, no, I'm not right now. And I feel this weirdness because it's like I'm a millennial and we don't really want to have kids until we're like 35. We think that time's on our side and it's not going anywhere. We'll learn the hard way eventually. But at the same time, it's like, I'm married though. So there is this kind of like in between of like, oh yeah, I should probably have them in a couple of years. Cause people that are married usually have kids within like three to four years. And 
And it's like, that's not my shit. Like, honestly, my shit right now, this moment, and a lot of moments, my husband will say, it's because I'm in my masculine energy. I'd like to say it's where I feel most comfortable. And I, I just don't really have a desire to have kids within this decade. I'm good, like 10 years, 35, sounds good. Sign me up right now. We also live in LA. All of us are LA locals here on Clit Talk. And it's, it's a different kind of town, um, especially if you're in entertainment and we're all in entertainment. And there is, for me, the biggest concern is not about, oh, when do I want to have kids? But it's, okay, what is the point in which my career that I'm now allowed to have a kid? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So true. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But that's, that's one of the reasons why I knew, like I said, I knew that I was going to have that break between TV shows. And I said, now's the time. Have the kid now, you know? And then we wanted more kids, but because I ended up in Vegas working in a burlesque show, they're certainly not, I mean, these are naked women and a comedian. They're not going to have a pregnant fucking comic in that show. And then I was in that show for 10 years. So, do you know what I mean? So I ended up not having another kid, but it's fine. You know what I mean? But listen, Matt, if you don't want to have a kid, don't don't let anybody ever pressure you to have a kid until you're ready, if you want it. And if you don't want it, there's plenty of other people that want fucking kids. You don't have to, you know. Oh, I'm ready. Just, I just need I just need a cock now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I preferably the man of my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> where where should we send the cock to? Uh, Los Angeles, California, nine zero two seven seven. Okay, all right, all right. Preferably with a six pack, six foot one, successful, financially secure. You know those. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. You said a cock. I, all that other shit is not going to work. All right, just we're sending a cock. Fine, then at least six inches and. <laughs> just kidding. A cock and a commitment. A cock and a commitment. A Cock and sure. commitment. I think we have a new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, mini sodes. C-squared. I'm looking for a cock and a commitment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Um, anyway, sorry. I'm just, I'm just being silly. But Carol, seriously, um, thank you so much. We are so moved by the stand that you've taken in the world for women as, as a whole community. And you're fucking hilarious. If anyone has not seen her special, please. Go watch it now on Showtime. It is hilarious. Like I was literally almost peeing my pants. It was so Thank funny. You. Thank and, you. And let me um, and let me just say who was on yeah, the special so everyone absolutely. knows. Go. Uh, the lovely and fabulous Fran Drescher was the star of the special. And uh, she she's the best, and she was so amazing. And then um, um, myself, uh, Vanessa Hollingshead, Carrie Louise, Lynn Coplitz, and Lunell. So, like I always say to people, because we were all so different, and that's the other thing that in comedy, they're like, oh, you know, women all talk about the same thing. Every if, if you didn't like one of us, you're going to like another one of us, because there was something for everybody in that special. And what is the best way for people to get in touch with you and to make sure they they see the the Showtime special? What's the and to connect to you and to your special? What's the best way? Um, if you uh, if you have Showtime, it's 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 on demand right now. So just look up "Funny Women of a Certain Age." If you don't have Showtime, uh, I get Showtime because it's worth <laughs> it. Get someone's um, login information. Uh, I have to, uh, and um, you can just find me. I'm all over the web. I mean, if you want to go to if you go to funnywomenofacertainage.com, that's our website. CarolMontgomery.com is my website. I'm on Facebook. I'm on. Uh, Twitter, I'm on Instagram. Uh, I I do everything, and I'm like so. I just I'm so over social media. I'm just done because there's just too many goddamn things to do. Yeah, like yeah. what the fuck, honestly. No, but but seriously, um, 
listeners, go watch it. It it will have an impact on your life. It's really moving and hilarious at the same time. Carol, what you're doing in the world is so poignant, so important. We love you. We are so moved by who you are and what you're doing. And just like, thank you so much for taking time out of your, she's three hours late. And she's literally sitting in her PJs. You guys can't see her, but she's sitting in her PJs <laughs> at home, having this conversation with us because that's the kind of person she is. And oh, just thank you. Yeah, just thank you for being on the forefront of this conversation and for paving the way for future generations to have a different experience. I I hope it does. I mean, I, I'm one of those people that I, I always want to help people. And if I, if you know, I don't look at it that way, but if, if, I, if it means that somebody younger goes, wait a minute, if she could do that, then I could do that. Because, you know, people talk about when you get to get to your 50s and 60s, the second act. So I'm having the greatest second act of my life. I can't even fucking believe this. Do you know what I mean? So just, and, and, and really... Don't take no for an answer. That's really it. I, my mother-in-law calls me the pit bull because I grab a hold and I'm like, oh, what? You told me no? Like, if you tell me no, that's pretty much going to give me enough fuel to keep going. <laughs> well, anyways, thank you so much, Carol. And to all of our listeners, we love you. Um, listen listen to or watch the, the special and um, have this conversation sink in for you. And we will see you next Tuesday. Did you just love this episode of Clit Talk? Well, shit, then you better head on over to iTunes and subscribe, but only if you want amazing orgasms. Also, while you're over there, please rate us and leave a review. But again, only if you're open to incredible sex and amazing relationships and world peace and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, It's very much appreciated and thank you.